Facebook broke. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. I- I'm so glad that we actually had to delay because now we can tell you they fucked up twice in a week. <laughs> in more or less the same way. Yeah. Like, they're not really talking about why they had the second outage, but they talked extensively about the first. So, um, I guess we should get into it. Um, by the way, uh... Oh, yeah, maybe we should introduce ourselves. We're really bad at that. Yeah. So, yeah, this is Chop Shop Economics. We read this shit so you don't have to. I'm Miss Silver, and with me today is... Uh, Dr. Spider. Uh, and we have a Patreon, um... You know, for five bucks a month, you get early access to episodes and our specials. Um, it keeps the server bills, um, you know, manageable, which is really fucking important. So, yeah, go go check that out. And, you know, it with sufficient support, it can get to where we're doing a lot more of this and a lot more regular. So... Throw that fiber oh, yeah. in to patreon.com slash chop shop economics to potentially someday hear really awesome shit like your hosts tripping balls on the floor at the New York Stock Exchange or something. <laughs> I So yeah. yeah that, that's gonna have to happen at some point. We're gonna have to do like a fear and loathing on Wall Street special somehow. <laughs> see how long we can go before security just flips the fuck out maybe we shouldn't broadcast that they don't know who we are they just have voices and that could be anyone Mm -hmm. it's not like we're fucking Chapo famous or something here yet (laughs) so um facebook everybody's favorite plucky little startup company (sighs) yeah they had an oopsie really big one and then they had another one (laughs) (sighs) and according to some reports from some parts of the world they may not have even fixed the first one still Mm-hmm. On their app and in some other places. Yeah, it turns out that completely breaking your both your G, uh, BGP tables and your DNS, that tends to last a while. It tends to take some time for all of that to shake out. Yeah. Like, when you, so... when you completely <laughs> shit the bed with core architecture, it you know tends to like undo and unpatch shit that was supposed to be done and patched because it depends on Mm -hmm. some other you know fucking spitting bubblegum bullshit that happens because capitalism is fucking stupid um (laughs) okay so what happened um Basically, and I'm going to field this one because, like, unlike most of you, I actually understand what their engineering page had to say about it. Basically, I'll just provide color commentary in the form of you're shitting me, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so basic primer on parts of the internet. Uh, like whenever you access a website you know you have a domain name like facebook.com or whatsapp.com or whatever and those domain names are linked to what's called an ip address um there's 
basically a lookup mechanism called DNS, Domain Name Service, that you know, provides like the mapping between those two things so that you don't have to type in like 12 obscure lat- uh, 12 obscure numbers or nowadays like up to oh shit like 128 or something yeah, oh, yeah. like ipv6 addresses can get really unwieldy so you don't want to be typing that shit this and, is by the way back from the good old days when logging into the internet sounded legit like a looney tunes cartoon and there were yeah. actual discs that could maybe hold your college essay that were about the size of a dinner mm-hmm. plate. Um, yeah. Like, hi, Zoomers, so, we really are that old. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, there's an- that part you've probably heard about at some point because DNS failures are relatively common. Um, what's less talked about is BGP. Uh, that is border gateway protocol. Um, basically, you know, you have a collection of servers sitting in some big ass data center. How the fuck do you connect it to the rest of the internet? Like, you don't connect directly to the internet yourself. Your ISP has a bunch of servers that route the traffic to the backbone. Your sites that you access are also on that backbone. And all of these links need to be negotiated. They have to be, you know, described. Um, you want to be able to, like, for instance, be able to relocate it. That's, you know, what DNS is for. That lets you, like, you know, say, oh, the server is at a new number now. You can just go there instead. Um, but BGP does this for, like the parts of the internet that like connect to each other, the parts of the internet that we don't, we as like, you know, users, consumers don't really mess with. So they're like the phone switchboard operator, but yeah. On the scale of Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, or even like, say you want to connect to a user that's on, you know, a, entirely different network like say you're on charter and you need to talk to a verizon customer you know all of that is contained within bgp those connections are defined by bgp they basically say okay this is how we route from you know the big stuff to the other big stuff and you know also route around damage and things like that basically this going down is very bad because if bgp isn't working then the data center or potentially like the entire sub network of the internet can't talk to the rest of it so the um, switchboard operator poured a bottle of whiskey on the switchboard yeah or um somebody came in during the night and ripped out all of the cables and carted them off for copper that i could buy that yeah i could see that happening in this economy yeah yeah. that's like a surefire way to make some quick cash oh yeah um (laughs) so basically you know there's no Chop Shop Economics is not endorsing the very cool crime of ripping copper wiring out of the walls to hawk it at inflated prices. Oh, yeah. I love those signs that say, you know, um, these cables are steel. They have no scrap value. Please stop pulling them down. They will kill you. And yeah, it's basically that. So like, you know, BGP is normally supposed to like, you know, help protect the rest of the internet from that. It's more complicated, but this is not a network engineering podcast. Um, You know, take it up with, 
take it up with someone who cares, okay? I'm just explaining, like, the basics of this fucking shit show. So, in, I think it was, like, 2019, 2020, uh, CenturyLink, which is a major ISP in the United States, they happen to own a company called Layer Free Communications, which controls a good chunk of the U.S. and international backbones. Um, and some fucking idiot pushed a bad configuration that caused all of their routers to boot loop. And so their entire segment of the internet, their entire availability zone, disappeared from the rest of it. So if you were a CenturyLink customer and in some cases, you know, you wouldn't even know that you were one, you got fucked. You couldn't route to anything that, you know, outside of that network because, you know, the route, the edge routers between that network and the rest of the internet were not talking to each other. Because um, someone done fucked up. Yeah. And it, basically... It's worth mentioning this seems to be like <laughs> a common refrain on this podcast, by the way. That <laughs> capitalism's vaunted efficiency and innovation doesn't seem to do jack shit to prevent itself from doing phenomenally stupid things. Actually oh, it seems yeah. to encourage it. I mean, it's like, you know, some of this is human error. It still exists under communism. You know, sometimes you just have a bad day. Sometimes you um, miss a semicolon or something and, you know, fuck everything up. But the reason they were able to recover that in like a day was because they still had physical access to all of the equipment. So they basically ran around with, you know, flash drives and, you know, crash carts of laptops and such, and went and patched every single router, telling it, okay, this is your real configuration file. You can use this to get out to the internet. And eventually, you know, CenturyLink came up after like a, you know, a day or two of downtime. But this isn't, now, you know, one <laughs> servicer. This is, hi, my name is Facebook. I own WhatsApp <laughs> and Instagram. WhatsApp, in particular, being the backbone of communications for large chunks of the planet. Yeah, because they've got this, they basically got this huge sweetheart deal with the, um, with a lot of, like, you know, so-called third world countries to be like, hey, um, zero rate our stuff and we'll pay you money. And, you know, ISPs, wireless ISPs are broke enough that, yeah, that, okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah. We'll just scam the Americans out of these fees. Um, and so it's like, that's part of why their services are so prevalent because, you know, you get them for free. Yeah. Why not? Right. So. <laughs> yeah. It's. Now you might remember that whole um, physical. Uh, you might remember that they had physical access to the routers. What happened was the configuration system that was supposed to propagate the changes was broken so they had to like go and do all of that manually but they could do it because they could get at it and they didn't have to bring in an angle writer unlike facebook who <laughs> and this is one of the parts of this whole thing that just well before we really get into <laughs> the angle grinder shit the Actually, yeah, we can just do the angle grinder shit. Fuck it, that shit's fun. It's just <laughs> the sheer like degree to which Facebook just completely shot itself. 
over this whole thing. <laughs> like, because I guarantee there had to be at least all security experts face palming when they were like, wait, so your backup plan for accessing your systems in case you crash really hard did not include a lock with a manual override because? Yeah, or something. Like a physical lock with a key and a deadbolt, you know, something that doesn't give a fuck if the power goes out or shit happens to the server? Like, you know, I've heard a lot of money going quarterbacking about this. Um, some of it's fair, some of it's not so fair. Um, we'll get into some of that. But basically, what happened was, this time around, it wasn't the control plane that they broke. It was just, you know, regular old BGP. They pushed a bad configuration, and it knocked out the global data centers. The global data centers started to believe that they no longer had access to the wider air net. Uh, <laughs> this is still so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like, you know, but then like on some level, it's like this shit happens. But then the fact what, that this shit happening not like that they built their network in their company and ran everything through these same servers <laughs> that they had no fucking backup plan other than let's call Joey down at the metal shop. Maybe he could cut his way in <laughs> that their oh system God. was built to not just fail, but like, like, this is the kind of shit that makes Chernobyl look understandable. <laughs> like, this is, uh... like, if the people who developed this system and this layout and said, this is a great idea, we're designing nuclear power plants, then we would be so fucking fucked right now. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, you know. Back to it, I guess. Um, I mean, we're pretty sure they're already making so far... offshore oil platforms, but we've known that since <laughs> forever. Um. Yeah, so, like, you know, BGP going down, you know, that's bad enough, but it happens. If you're not an internet service provider yourself, like CenturyLink was, you know, it's not even that big a deal. As long as you haven't broken the control plane, and that wasn't broken here, um, you can just push a new configuration. Like, it's no big deal. Somebody can push out a new configuration, and it'll go out after, like, 30 minutes. The trouble is, they couldn't do that. Part of that was because... Okay, so cloud systems like this tend to assume that the the failure model is like a single server falls over or, you know, a rack of servers falls over or even, you know, like one data center gets taken out. So, you know, they go, uh, their DNS system for... They're assuming uh, some you know. level of shit going down. Yeah, yeah. It's like... The way they had it set up was basically if the DNS system couldn't detect a particular data center or whatever, it would say, okay, we can't route to that, route to something else. And then this happened. So now the DNS server can't see the internet. All of them can no longer see that there is an internet to connect to. And they're like, Okay, we're just going to fail out all of these servers. Um, every single server is unreachable. And we know this because we've been, you know, thrashing them for the next, uh, for the past 10 minutes trying to get them to respond to us. So we're just going to stop advertising them entirely. Uh, because that is the backup plan. <laughs> 
that that's what you yeah. do when you're designing a system. You don't do this thing called, hey, maybe there needs to be like a level as to how hard you can slam the brakes. And it's not just like zero to wheels locked. <laughs> you know, just a thought. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, this too is fixable. You get to a console, you type some commands, you know, tell them to, like, stop failing out every single server so that we can talk to our backbone routers and push a new config. You know, it's it's a solvable problem. It's annoying. You're going to have to answer to this, answer for this to your bosses, and you're going to be made fun of for a couple of days on security Twitter. But so far... You know, not a big deal, right? You still have physical access, after all. You don't need angle grinders no, you... <laughs> <laughs> to get no, to the office. <laughs> oh, it's even worse than that. So what ended up happening was the keycard system that they use for, like, everything as far as access control in Facebook headquarters and for all their data centers and basically everything. They are very horny for Internet of Things bullshit. And so what basically ends up happening is none of these card readers can talk to each other or to the central servers that say, yeah, okay, this card is legit, um, so let this person in. They fell back to, you know, the cards that they remembered, which is a much smaller number. So you had basically a bunch, you know, a few people who like still had access, but had no idea how to even begin unfucking this. And you had a bunch of people who would know exactly what to do if you got them into the data center, but don't have access, don't have that physical access. And so they spent most of that six hours chasing down people who still happen to have valid credentials and having them escort employees that, you know, knew what they were doing. Oh, wow. Into the data center. Uh, Angle grinders were involved at some point. And eventually they managed to push a fix to the BGP system through the control plane because the control plane was still working. You know, that came back up. So DNS came back up. Everything was fine. Uh... Except with, you know, these outages, because, you know, the system has never gone down like this before, ever. This is a first in in Facebook's history. They've never had an outage this bad. This is not supposed to happen. Like, these guys are so blue chip that it's... (laughs) This is the kind of shit that's not supposed to happen. This is, like fucking standard oil spontaneously like bursting into flames for about like a day or two um yeah yeah basically like like wall street can collectively lose their heads periodically it's what they're supposed to do but not when you're like providing (laughs) services the economy actually uses yeah so basically you know what turned into because you know a lot of these employees are remote now what happened was that you know a fix that could have been pushed you know within five minutes and fully propagated within an hour or so became a six-hour ordeal where you know they're basically rousing engineers out of their beds and going hey do you have a key card that still works at this door (laughs) you need to come down and let's find out because, oops, remember that really cool idea we had at that <laughs> business meeting when Mark was totally doing lines off of the stripper who wasn't supposed to be there? 
because that's so Wall Street mm-hmm. that we swear we wouldn't do it, except we totally were because we're just as shitty yeah. as they are. Yeah, <laughs> that may have been a really dumb idea, bro. <laughs> So yeah, that's basically the Facebook outage. And to be fair, it's like this stuff has happened to bef- uh, before to other companies. Um, usually the procedure is to have like, you know, master key cards that have to be signed out from a safe that can, you know, unlock the relevant doors for data recovery. And, you know, also said locks don't depend on the same system as the ones that might crash at any particular moment yeah well basically like there's there's a way to do it while it's still on the same network but you have to have like the local you you basically have to have all those keypads trust a couple of specific key cards yeah And it's like, no, we'll just, that's, you know, a security risk because, you know, reasons. I mean, not being able to get into your facilities isn't. Because, yeah. Like. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) This totally didn't cause problems for anyone in any way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like. It's not like this didn't crash like critical <laughs> infrastructure on a global scale or, you know, do a pretty impressive number on Fuckerberg's personal fortune, something to the tune of like, what, $7 billion? I mean, does money even mean anything anymore? But, you know, still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, like Facebook itself lost like the equivalent to Twitter in its entire like the entire value of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like something like fifty billion dollars. Yeah, which yeah, we're we I know mean, it's like we know this money's bullshit. Anyone who's been following this podcast is probably on board with that. This value is mostly nominal <laughs> bullshit, but. I am still going to be distilling some sweet wine from Fuckerberg's tears over losing $7 billion of bullshit money. (laughs) I am absolutely going to mock that prick for losing a giant pile of Monopoly money because that fuck-off Monopoly money is part of what's ruining the fucking planet. So I will absolutely mock his ass. I mean, this is the company that was all like, move fast and break things. That's our engineering motto. <laughs> well, yeah, they did both of those things quite well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, there's... So I guess, why are we talking about this? Well, other than we get to laugh at Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's always a good reason to talk about this. Yeah. Like, let's be fair. (laughs) That is always a really good reason to talk about something, is it pisses off Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. So. uh, But yeah, more seriously. This is like. More seriously. Yeah, semi seriously. (laughs) Um, Like, this is worth really getting into because. Of what the response was from the barter marketplace to this. And by the way, it's worth keeping in mind, this is a market response that's not taking into account things like, oh shit, multiple countries may have just run into some critical communications problems that may or may not be doing things like blowing up their overstressed healthcare systems or something. You know, it wasn't driven by that. Um, it's largely being driven by everybody going, oh, whoa, whoa, what the fuck, Facebook? You're a blue chip. You're not supposed to do this shit. Which led to Facebook losing a Twitter on the stock market in the span of about a day. Yeah. Now, since then, Facebook has bounced back. 
And the Stonks yeah. generally have recovered some of their good vibes. Like, you know, they did a bunch of fucking eight balls and got the Fed to calm them down and promise that they'll refresh the glue supply just in case things get dicey and do the mm-hmm. usual things that the fucking finance assholes do to paper shit over but since then you could kind of say that the market's not looking so happy like oh yeah like facebook in particular is not looking good because they're when you compare them to google over the same time frame like every major tech stock ate a raft of shit during the facebook outage because you know investors went oh shit tech doesn't look so good anymore like Maynard John Maynard Keynes's animal spirits went for a fucking rampage on Wall Street for a hot minute there and trampled all over tech in the process. And this just like this was not an unusual thing to Facebook on that day. However, what is unusual about Facebook comparing them to Google for a minute is Google mostly managed to consistently rebound. They've had some product-related uh, announcements that have also looked good, and basically done the shit that a functional business would do in the interim. Facebook, in the meantime, managed to like have a second fucking outage, and there's this shit with the SEC whistleblower Francis Haugen, who gave a massive interview to uh, 60 Minutes on, like, basically, like, two days before the Facebook outage, so, mm-hmm. you know, while Google's over here going like, yes, the my company's fundamentals are sound, nothing is wrong with tech, Facebook is over here going like, please pay no attention to the exploding fireworks factory behind me. Everything is going according to plan, we swear. It's, it, it's not what <laughs> a company that's looking good should be doing. And Facebook represents a lot of fucking money. There's, like, Fuckerberg's mm-hmm. money is based on the mountain that is Facebook money and Facebook's influence in politics and society and everything else. Like, this is not an insignificant thing in the marketplace. This is, like, a huge player. That would be something like General Electric losing their shit in the 70s or something. Like, yeah. it's... It's just really hard to think of an example of a company in business history that thoroughly shat the bed like this, that enjoyed a similar position to Facebook. Because every other company that reached that position was smart enough to go, oh, fuck, we're too big to fail. Let's make sure that we're not going to shit the bed because somebody slipped on a goddamn banana peel. Yeah, and it's like, I keep feeling the need to point out that, like, you know, outages happen. Like, that's not the problem here. Outages happen. Like, you know, no matter what you do, someone is going to fuck up. And sometimes it's going to take stuff down. Sometimes everything goes down. It happens. It happens to big countries, big companies. And, you know, everything below. Like, it's a universal of IT that, you know, sometimes you're just going to eat shit. Yeah. But when you are as big as Facebook, (laughs) you should have precautions so that that eating shit does not lead to complete catastrophic systems failure on this scale. You do not build your fucking oil refineries and pipelines if your name is ExxonMobil so that if the refinery in say Marathon, Texas or something for example is on fire or spewing oil at a tremendous volume as is prone to happening on a very regular basis or your the Chevron refinery in Richmond, California which just periodically spews huge amounts of smoke with little warning over the local community you at least make sure that this periodic sh- small shitting of the bed doesn't lead to something like and then somehow fire flowed down the pipes into the tankers that were attached to the refinery causing them to explode 
technically this would be more like a <laughs> the chevron down the street had a um brief outage with their credit card system so every refinery they own exploded at once <laughs> that's exactly that's basically <laughs> what we're talking here <laughs> That's just so damn stupid. <laughs> like, the only blue chips that are allowed to get away with this is Wall Street, and that's because everybody just sort of accepts that they're a goddamn casino, except with less yeah. certainty. Like, everyone has just sort of accepts that, because that's what we need for the reactor of this thing called capitalism, somehow. Like, we need it to be a fucking dirty nuclear, <laughs> like, disaster that would make Fallout safety inspectors blush but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like i think it's like it's interesting partly because you know this is this is very telling of like deep deep organizational issues like on some level you know the people who can fix problems and the people who are allowed into the building that should be <laughs> well like and it's it's yeah. reflecting it's like, like other stuff that was in the Hogan interview that she's talked she talks a lot about that Facebook kind of sort of basically did the same thing like actually kind of worse than a lot of other corporations did around shit with because she was specifically talking about like the thing Facebook's getting in trouble over which is being a gigantic fucking funnel for the alt-right and QAnon and like vaccine conspiracy theories and all this other shit and she like among other things came forward and said oh yeah the moment the election was over they turned off the civic integrity unit and they said okay everything's fine we fixed the problem and now we're just going to walk away and pretend it's not there anymore and like mm -hmm. this really speaks to something like just sort of really kind of dangerously flippant in the organizational culture that yeah just this is just so recklessly fucking dumb every part yeah, of it i mean it's <laughs> it's very much yeah i mean that's that's basically what it comes down to like i said before their engineering motto for like years and years has been move fast and break things like and the point of that is that you know you shouldn't wait around to like do things in the quote-unquote proper manner you know, everything should be coated with red tape. And, you know, you need to just, like, get the work done. However, it's to be done. And, you know, who cares about, you know, who cares about tomorrow? Get this shit working today. We're, we're being generous. You don't have to get the shit working yesterday, <laughs> at least. But you do have to get it to work today. And so it's like that's that's become pervasive in Facebook, in Facebook culture. And this really is this really reminds me of the exact kind of mentality that is pervasive in finance of just yeah. endless risk taking of the solution to this volatile security or this incredibly risky derivative or finding a way to fulfill the demands of this particular client, even though you're looking at their books and you're going, how the fuck is this zombie firm still moving? Go fuck yourself. They said, go, no, we're just going to like throw more money at it or we'll throw like some fucking like caltech physics grads with clouds of math at it to somehow explain this will all work even though anybody who's looking at the actual like hard data underneath the theorems is going to be like um no you're like still smoking crack what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> it, it's just it's that same kind of just 
stupid recklessness. And there's just something that's like almost, but not quite vindicating about seeing that, that just hubristic stupidity is Mm -hmm. even getting into Silicon Valley, which has long held itself up as being above that shit. Yeah. Like, Like... no branch of capitalism (laughs) in America is free of the disease that is Wall Street business practices. Yeah. And, like, I think think it's so striking here is, like... This is a problem that Facebook has been facing for quite a while now, which is basically, you know, we'll we'll figure the rest out later. Um and, you know, when they when they do engage with like regulation and bureaucracy, it's usually some sort of end run around things because, you know, tech knows best. Um and like everyone else is too dysfunctional to possibly understand what it is we want to do. And you could see that with like, you know, their whole Libra then DM thing where they were going to make a stable coin that would, you know, solve their payments problems forever. They wanted people to be even more enmeshed with their payment system than they are now. And because that's how you spell monopoly. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, regulators were kind of like, what the fuck? Like, you're asking us to just let you become the central root of trust for a huge swath of the global banking system? Why? Why do you think we would let you do that? I'm honestly surprised that no one in those hearings just outright went this is company script for everyone but with extra steps please fuck right off yeah zuckerberg yeah and it's like yeah i can understand why they're making this play because basically you know wechat and line and you know a bunch of other more uh local systems you know with working national ids and such they can do all this, you know, payment stuff, everything centralized in one app. Your life is run by WeChat or Line or whatever. They want in on that action. But, you know, the West is, like, too dysfunctional to make that work. So we're going to skirt around the regulations that do exist because, you know, crypto means you don't have to worry about money laundering or know your customer regulations. Uh, those are those are for idiots. Like, no, you can just skate around all that. And, you know, the only way to do that, if you don't have, you know, that sort of buy-in from the central bank, is pretty much cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency is a very bad solution in general. It also perfectly fits with that Fuckerberg really does seem to ultimately be a creep who never got beyond being the creep who went, I'm going to make an app for rating the hotness of women at Harvard University and part of that creepness includes that he's like, yes, I absolutely see zero problem in any way with doubling down on the worst excesses of the Gilded Age. Like, I am absolutely yeah. down to twirl my monopolistic mustache, except I don't have one because who the f- fuck knows what's going on with his biology these days um (laughs) i mean it's like yeah that's that's basically it like you know ultimately like this company that he's built you know he's like you know i don't i don't need to follow the rules i just need to succeed and 
it's turning out that basically what investors are wanting from Facebook is they want their investment to pay off, obviously. And the route to do that is to become a totalizing service like WeChat, like Line or whatever. You know, like that's what they want ultimately from Facebook is to, you know, get in those markets, do the thing, become this totalizing monopoly or cartel or whatever. Just do the thing. Just do the thing. Why can't you do the thing? And it's turning out that Facebook cannot do that. And that means if you're a smart investor, <laughs> you're going to be probably getting right the fuck out of Facebook. Or... Yeah, at the very least, you, you're you not going to be expecting, like, tech industry returns. Yeah. At least, if you are, yeah, no. you're going to be moving it to someone who's a bit more, you know, stable, like, say, Google or something. You're not going to stick around and wait for Facebook to not fuck up again. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, you can chase stability or you can chase, you know, double-digit um, returns every year. But you can't do both. And Facebook is, they've largely exited their explosive growth phase because they don't have anything in the monetization pipeline to, like, truly push beyond what they already have. That's why they're trying a lot of these risky plays. And it's like, you know, their fuck-ups with Libra, DM, all that, they're next generation payment system that's supposed to take over everyone's lives the reason that's failing is be, is the same reason that like you know there's some guy hovering with an angle grinder hoping that you know that out of this pile of key cards there's one of them that still works <laughs> and you know they don't have to like cut up the lock <laughs> like those are two sides of the same coin and this is also really, really, really not the time as far as the broader yes. economy is concerned. This is not the time for a blue chick to suddenly start pulling this penny stock crap. Not when yeah. the latest jobs numbers came out and said, so the economy only added 192000 while the Dow is sitting over there going like, there will be a new 500,000 jobs filled in the next jobs report. And, oh, shit. We didn't carry the two, did we? <laughs> nope. Nope. It's just, it's the same kind of stupid hubristic bullshit that is at hand everywhere. That is the same idiocy that's like, yes, we're going to throw people off unemployment and end eviction protections while the crisis is still ongoing, because that will get the poors to go die in the plague pits the way they're fucking supposed to. Yeah, and it's like, the hell of it is, is like, I could see some of these plays that Facebook is doing work out in, you know, post the economic apocalypse. Like, you know, if you, if you're in a position to try and take that monopoly position in society, because you're the only thing that's still working, then yeah, I mean, under the amoral logic of capital, that's, that's what you do. You, you go for it. Like that's, that's the time to like, swoop in and quote-unquote save the day and wrap everything into the company town mentality. Mm -hmm. But, and this is why you probably should not invest in Facebook, I don't think they're capable of doing that. Which is yeah, good. That, which is very good. good. Us. But You know, it's good for <laughs> folks like us. We're down with that Facebook is now demonstrating that Actually, the disease that has been afflicting Wall Street is epidemic throughout 
the thinking of American capitalism with no exceptions. Yeah. Like, ultimately... They all got the same fucking brain worms, and they're all too damn dumb to know it. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, this is... For tech has been one of the things that has buoyed this shit show of an economy through COVID. Like it is, yeah. It would be very fair to say that if anything held the line during the Trump Biden economy, it was the tech sector, followed shortly after by pharma. Like those were the fingers in the dikes that were keeping capitalism from just completely going fuck it we're done and now one of them is tripping up yeah i mean i'm not ready to like put facebook on you know some funks some like fucked company death watch sort of thing but at the same time you know this is this is not good this is not good for like the fuckers in Wall Street who think that they should control the universe. Yeah. Like, this is not good for, and... from a keeping this weird shit show of an economy vaguely functional at all. Like, this is the kind of thing that inspires people to go, actually, we're going to, like, start pulling more money out. And putting it into things. First bank of mattress. Yeah, or, you know, the second bank of mattress known as treasury bonds, which, by the way, are at record highs. Highest they've been since Uh the crisis kicked off, which is totally not the sound of the rich running for the lifeboats. Of course Uh not. Pay pay no mind to that peasant. This just totally is not a thing that happens every single time the market's about to crap itself. (laughs) <laughs> so basically um <laughs> i mean the one that, like you know and it's like if we did a weekly we would have covered it but like you know we still got that ticking time bomb that is the debt ceiling going on like, yeah, they finally agreed to, like, kick the can down the road um, to December. Just in time for the <laughs> congressional winter recess, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Like, in early December, they're going to have to try and kick the can Assuming, again. of course, that, and this is one of those other things that we got to keep in mind, is the whole shit show that is the supply chain situation, which now, as of a recent Bloomberg business survey, found something like 51%, 5-1% of all small restaurants in the United States did not make enough money in September to pay their rent. Shit yeah. like that. Shit like and... the slow bleeding of a thousand cuts that's coming from supply chains. On every level, the economy is really starting to take on a life of its own. <laughs> Mostly by sucking the life out of capitalism. like it's like goddamn economic vampire if you're a capitalist and everybody else too um because you know that thing called not being able to afford food sucks (laughs) oh yeah so it's like (sighs) it's like you know all the other little shit there's you know so far nothing has gone like super tits up but at the same time it's like one good push would basically break everything and 
you know, Facebook had their scare this week. And it's a scare that's not seemed to be going away, seeing as there was then a second outage two days later. And the whole thing with the SEC is still hanging over their head. Like, it looks like yeah. Facebook also politically, as far as that's concerned, might just be a little fucked. Because the right hates them. Yeah. And the shit libs hate them, and let's be honest, we do too. So, yeah, all for different reasons, of course. But we can all but... agree that fuck Zuckerberg is a good position to have. Yeah, and ultimately, a lot of these people just—I <laughs> just—I don't—I don't know what to tell you. Like this is. This is just one more thing that the world does not... Uh, the world of capitalism does not need. <laughs> not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, this is the kind of thing well, that was happening in the lead-up to the dot-com bubble. Was investments that yeah. seemed like they were safe, that they were on their way to being the next blue chips, blew up. And it would start with a few, and yeah. then it started to accumulate, and seeing as Facebook has sort of broken the old Silicon Valley model with their new stupid disruptive shit, there's, you know, yeah. non-zero, fuck that, I'll give, like, pretty good probability of somebody else, of not necessarily Facebook scale, but still pretty significant, fucking up in a similar way. Except... yeah. I They'll mean, probably have like... less money to cover <laughs> it up and recover and bounce back. Yeah. And it's like the thing with Facebook is its current business model is like, you know, the problem is, is that they don't have any further avenues for expansion and the one that they did have is, you know, the SEC, the Federal Reserve, all of the stakeholders that you need to, like, get a novel payment system going are going, we're, we're not okay with this. At the very least, we need some assurance. And just on the more basic level, it's, hi, your business is looking a little shaky. Maybe we're not going to fund your next big scary stupid thing yeah like to do the whole you know facebook take uh, takes over the world thing like you know to an even greater degree than they already have like they they need the confidence of like you know a major player they need you know investors to sign on they need a lot of things that they may not get. And this, this did not come at a good time for them. Like politically, they, they're burning political capital. They're burning political capital with the SEC, with the, you know, administration more generally. They've burned a lot of it with Republicans and it's just, <laughs> what's going to happen when, you know, the dumb money realizes that Facebook has no more room for growth and they don't have a plan to become a blue chip. And we know that smart money is already leaving markets anyway. So what happens yeah. when the blue chip apparent is suddenly keeling over and doing really goddamn stupid shit like this. When the rest of the economy is yeah. not doing what it's supposed to be doing. When all indicators are way in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not even... It's not even that. They just have to stop. Yeah. Nobody... Like, like no one major player has to completely fuck up for something to happen that will completely fuck everybody up anyway. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's like... That's... Yeah. I guess that's sort of it, really, is at this point, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that we're, we're sticking by our quarter one 2022 projection for this economy going completely shit-shaped. Yeah. I mean, it's... There's just too much shit coming up. And, you know, politically, we are deadlocked. There's... There may not be this $3.5 trillion of spending to, you know, bail out the economy. Like, I think people are starting to realize that. And, yeah, I mean, I think we're, I agree. We're still, we're still on course for Q1 2022 um, being when it explodes. So, from all of us at Shop Shop Economics, reading this shit so you don't have to, good luck out there. Bye, everyone. <laughs>